0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast and on this week's show we are welcoming a truly incredible guest and one who we have been trying to get on for a very long time. He's the face of so many representation campaigns within our sport and outside of it, Michael Gunning.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're very pleased to finally be getting Michael onto the podcast. He's done fantastic work, both within swimming and being a media host and personality. There's so many things we could chat about in this episode. Hopefully, we can squeeze it all in.
0: So let's have a quick listen to what's in store on this week's show.
2: You know, no one really on that world stage when I was watching the competitions really looked like me and was represented like me. So I found it hard to almost transition from that learning to swim into a club because, you know, I really questioned whether I should be there and whether I should be joining a club, whether I should be, you know, doing that. There was a couple of faces who looked like me and it just meant the absolute world. Um, you know, I've represented Great Britain and Team mm-hmm. Jamaica. So I feel very lucky that, you know, I've got a little bit of a different story to most athletes and most people because, um, you know, I've represented both of those countries at the highest level. But there's so many stereotypes out there with, you know, even being on the Jamaican team, people just not believing that I was a swimmer. You know, I must be in the athletics team. I must mm-hmm. be able to run and jump and no, I'm really kidding.
0: So please welcome onto the podcast this week. Former Jamaican international swimmer, the new AP diversity champion, and one of the busiest men in swimming, Michael Gunning. Mike, thank you very much for joining us this week. How's your coronation weekend been?
2: Oh, it's been really good, thank you. Busy as always. You know, like you just said, I'm a little bit here, there and everywhere, but I love <laughs> it. I love being busy and yeah, just embracing every opportunity.
0: Yeah, we um we're really grateful for you giving up a bit of your time on this Sunday morning to go through what is going to be a topic or a podcast filled with so many topics. We can touch upon kind of the work that you're doing with Speedo, being an LGBTQ plus ambassador for the sport. But let's first touch upon kind of your journey through swimming. So unfortunately, swimming has been a sport that is fairly underrepresented by minorities, especially at the elite end of the spectrum. And your career, however, was a shining example of what can be achieved. So why swimming? Where, Where did the journey start for you?
2: yeah to be honest with you I think my parents just really wanted me to learn to swim you know both of them couldn't swim you know didn't really have that skill and I think with my dad being Jamaican living out in Jamaica for six years I think he you know he was born out there and he was surrounded by lots of people who was just petrified of the water and he was the same so you know I think at first me and my younger brother was was kind of really encouraged just to take up that skill and at first I didn't really like it I didn't really like the cold water and um yeah just, it was so so out of my comfort zone but I think yeah I just learned to love it I loved challenging myself I loved almost taking myself out of that comfort zone and um, yeah I didn't really have any goals to obviously go on and represent my country it was just because I loved it. So what was the what was the journey from let's say your swimming lessons and
1: then why did you love it so much that you then wanted to be in the club and then future international summer as well?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, when I was learning to swim, I knew that I had a bit of talent. You know, I knew that I was so ambitious. I wanted to always keep striving for more. I think all athletes will tell you the same. Like, we are so ambitious. We always set goals. And, you know, I just wanted to be with the bigger kids. You know, I wanted to, yeah, just, just kind of be moving up and always keep improving. So for me, it was always like a, a goal orientated lifestyle that I had to just keep getting better and better.
0: What were the challenges that you came across being of a minority through that journey in swimming? How tough was it almost to not be treated differently?
2: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, looking back when I really look at the very beginning and obviously the elite level on the other side, like it is, you know, those are the kind of key moments when I really noticed that I was different, that, you know, I did stand out, that I think lots of people questioned me and why I was doing what I was doing, Um, you know, like learning to swim, you know, when I was, you know, taking those lessons, there was nobody who looked like me. There was nobody who acted like me. I think I was always full of loads of energy and I, you know, had was so ambitious I always wanted to achieve. But, you know, there was nobody who I could really you know, say that they are like me um, obviously, I look up to Michael Phelps and, you know, so many incredible athletes like Rebecca Radlinton. And I think, you know, no one really on that world stage when I was watching the competitions really looked like me and was represented like me. So I found it hard to almost transition from that learning to swim into a club because, you know, I really questioned whether I should be there and whether I should be joining the club, whether I should be you know doing that. And um, the same at the other end of the sport as well. You know, going to the World Championships, I think lots of people kind of look around and I think it's quite an intimidating place really um I think people think it's so amazing but I was so overwhelmed at my first world championships but I think the thing that I was almost worried about was that people didn't think that I would succeed when I was there you know they thought that I was just there just to make up numbers and you know I think it's really challenging so yeah I think I just I'm so ambitious I want to try and help change that and just yeah diversify the sport.
1: So how did you get through those worst times? Did you have coaches to speak to or friends to speak to to get you through those sort of rough patches?
2: Yeah, I think I was really lucky. So my swimming club that I joined, um, or my second swimming club was Beckham Swimming Club. And, um, you know, kind of went through the ranks of that. And there was people that, you know, were mixed race, were black, and I could kind of open up to them too. Um, You know, I don't think we necessarily spoke about being a minority to be honest I don't think it ever really came up you know we didn't really want to talk about it but I think you know I had some great support from coaches just making me feel like I deserved to be there you know I trained so hard I think you know all athletes train hard but I love training I love pushing myself you know past my limits and um you yeah, had some great support but I think as well like on top of that with my sexuality I did just feel so isolated you know I didn't really know who I could talk to um you know and be totally honest about everything because I think deep down you know I was still struggling to almost you know comprehend how I was myself you know if I deserved to be there if I would go on to succeed so I feel like you know I was facing a lot of different feelings and emotions that I didn't even know how to deal with.
0: Yeah you say one of the biggest challenges was you almost didn't see any representation ahead of you on the elite stage when you were looking at swimming as a potential path so how important is it to have swimmers like Simone Manuel, Alia Atkinson yourself, Cullen Jones is that the best way to keep young minority swimmers in the sport having these idols at the top
2: Oh, definitely. You know, I think if you can see it, you can be it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I really live by that. And, you know, I feel like, you know, if we do see ourselves represented, we know that it can be done. You know, mm. and I think, you know, going to the World Championships and kind of having the career that I've had, like I go into schools a lot and I work with young children. I've actually got a degree in early childhood studies. And um, so it's always kind of my thinking to kind of go into teaching and just give back. Um, but I think the amount of people that have just said that, you know, they didn't think that something was for them. But seeing me and, you know, seeing me, me succeed and doing what I've done, I think has just almost inspired them that they can do it, you know, that it can be done.
1: Mm. Yeah, we've had um, Sarah Jones from the Black Swimming Association on the podcast before, and she said that black people still have this stereotype that they, they can't swim, that they're sink, that their bones are too too dense. How, how can we get people to, to learn that this is a myth? How can we teach them this? That is not, that's not the case
2: yeah i think it's just through generations that it's kind of been learnt, Mm. you know and even me like being all you know being really honest like i actually do sink in water but you know i don't think every person around the world you know no matter what Kind of race or color of your skin tone like people can sink in water and that's totally fine um you know like i think jump in i think people think that you know black and mixed race athletes are really good runners but let me tell you i cannot run you know <laughs> it's the way it is you know we it's almost learned behavior so i think i really want to try and just you know, reach out to parents, inspire parents to say, you know, encourage your children to learn to swim, you know, don't kind of force them into, you know, another sport where they think they will succeed because, you know, sports for everyone and you you can do whatever you want to. You've just got to get away the fear and just, yeah, leap.
0: Have you noticed since your journey from, well, when you were learning to swim, so to now where you're an ambassador for Learn to Swim, have you noticed like it's an increase in representation since then the the tide is changing and it is a better time ahead.
2: The tide is definitely changing, which is so exciting. I think you know I get I'm a very emotional person anyway, but I get so emotional when I see the you know, young children, combating the fears, you know, just totally taking a leap and just enjoying it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, yes, swimming is a sport and obviously I've travelled the world with swimming, but you know, it's also a life skill. It's also an enjoyment. I think uh, every time I swim, you know, you have to focus on your body and getting from one end of the pool to the other. You can't think about the exams that you're having or what's going on at home. You've just got to be in that moment and, you know, to see those children some of them, you know, really living in hard times, especially after lockdown. But seeing, you know, all of that anxiety, just leave them when they're in the water is mm. so incredible. So, yeah, it's um, extremely rewarding and we're definitely changing.
1: So even though the numbers are increasing, the participation is going up. Is there still more that can be done or is that is that it now? Or, you know,
2: Yeah, I think, you know, with... I'm really passionate, you know, about school swimming because I know that, you know, one in three children leave school without being unable to swim and, you know, that cannot happen, you know, I feel like there is many barriers for many people. And I think it's almost trying to target those barriers and just see how we can make swimming more inclusive for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it shouldn't just be a rich person's sport who can take them to all these competitions and just, you know, take them to a pool to learn to swim. So I think it's just about yeah, targeting those barriers and just making sure that you know everyone has access to the water. Everyone can go for a fun swim and learn to swim because, you know, it will change your life.
0: Yeah, and we saw this with the the pop up pools that Speedo have just done. I believe it's in, in Birmingham, isn't it? Around that area, they've they've put up several to essentially make it a, a more affordable like prospect for those who can't get in the water. Is that what that project's about? The Swim United. Kind yes.
2: Of? I'm, yeah, I'm so proud to spearhead you know that Swim United campaign with Speedo. I think that's what I'm passionate about, and Swim United is basically just targeting those barriers making sure that swimming is accessible to everyone we've basically put eight pop-up pools in birmingham in school playgrounds and yeah just bringing the pool to schools i know that lots of people can't necessarily travel and i think teachers are worried about you know missing out on learning time so the fact that they can get change in their classroom step out into their playground and have a 45 minutes from lesson is something that, you know, not many people have that opportunity to do. So, you know, I'm so proud that we're, you know, that I'm part of that, that I can yeah. really spearhead that. And, you know, I know it's happening. Swim United is in America, it's all around the world, it's in South Africa. And I think, you know, r- really for me, it's being united, you know, mm-hmm. coming together. You know, on that day, um, the launch in Birmingham, we had, you know, Adam Peaty, Ellie Simmons, Anna Hopkins, you know, Matt Richards. And it's, you know, it's not just about one person saying, let's change it. It's about uniting and just, changing it altogether so yeah, so so excited for thoughts to come
0: yeah this this might be like a little bit of a generalization but so you say the barrier that kept you into in swimming was there were no representation on the elite stage so you couldn't relate to anyone but then if we take it back a stage the most important thing is that kids learn to swim because it's it's a safety aspect more than anything in the world it's a life-saving skill so then if we take the representation back to what kids see and then we put it to the new disney movie that's coming out in the little mermaid and ariel how important is it that representation is in a cultural aspect in, in a movie like that, that that could have a relation to swimming and kids going, you know what, I want to be the next Little Mermaid. And they can see that representation in a movie, which is such a bigger, like, no disrespect for swimming. We love it. But that is so much more impactful than a swimmer at the elite stage at the Olympics, in my eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. You know, I think Disney has always pushed the boundaries and... You know just change things up you know like really go against the tide and and speak out about these different things you know cast such diverse you know movies which i think is amazing i think you know kind of going back to swimming people don't necessarily think that swimming would be a life skill i think you know if you're not around water all the time and um, you know not many you know not Every kid is lucky enough to go on holiday and to be around seas and oceans, but actually, you know, one time in their life they will. You know, mm. when they're a parent, when they're an adult, they don't necessarily want to have that fear. Um, so I think you know we do really need to start targeting that younger audience. And I think you know movies like Little Mermaid. Personally, I'm so excited to see it. You know, um, Haley Bailey. She's she's cast as Ariel, and I think you know just to have that representation on on a Disney movie will just honestly change lives. It really will and you know just give people that hope that actually you you can be anything you want to be I know that there's been quite a lot of backlash about the casting but you know a Disney princess can be any shape size you know any color of the skin and I think you know this movie will just show exactly that
1: yeah I mean I've seen um I can't remember what it's called now but I think it's like mermaids fin to fit type thing lessons in 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 pools where they like little kids put mermaid tails on and (laughs) They love it. They, that's the reason why they want to go swimming every week. So, the fact that Ariel's now being cast by a, a black woman, I think that then opens the door to that's the black community and say, actually, you are welcome to these lessons as well as everyone else. I think it's a great thing.
2: Yeah. Oh no. Definitely. You know. I think I see it every day when I go into schools and I work with young children because, you know, they they see me and they know that it can be done. And I think as well with my sexuality because I'm so open. I'm you know extremely open about kind of how I felt now in the past. I think so many kids now are going well. You know, I'm I'm gay too, or I'm lesbian. And you know, back in my day when I was growing up. I never had anyone come in and, you know, talk about that so openly. And, you know, I feel like, you know, just by speaking about it, just by seeing it, um, you know, it really can just change minds because, you know, ultimately representation and, you know, seeing seeing something really allows you to believe you can be it.
0: Can I ask, being almost the face of so many things, especially being so open with your sexuality, does it take a toll at all? Do you Do you find, because I'm sure there are still idiots out there saying negative comments does that take a toll on you at all mentally because you are the face of so many campaigns and it's i i find it hard putting my face out there is is that tough for you at all
2: yeah oh what a question mm-hmm. i feel like i am so given you know i love to inspire others and I'm so passionate about everything I do. If I'm not passionate about it, mm. I simply won't do it. So, you know, I feel very proud that I'm in the position that I'm in to almost give back and, you know, be that face of, you know, many campaigns and and, and charities. Um I think it does take a toll, I think, when I am low, when I'm down, I think mm. especially since retiring from swimming, you know, I've lost a little bit of my identity. And I think that's so hard to almost comprehend because swimming has been my world for so long that even though I'm still very much in it and I'm still you know enjoying what I'm doing, you know, I, I'm I'm not a swimmer anymore. And I think that's really hard for me to almost come to terms with. Um, yeah. But I have good friends, good family that always, you know, make sure that I'm okay because I think mental health can be an absolute roller coaster. Some days you're high, some days you're low, but I think you know even me talking about mental health it will help others you know Mm. so i feel like i just try and be as open as i possibly can just to to help people
1: yeah i think that's brilliant i mean you're able to spread awareness of your own personal experiences or because of the massive following on social media and all the work that you're doing um how do you hope to inspire not just athletes but everyone being true to themselves and being comfortable enough to come out
2: yeah oh i think you know everyone's on their own journey and i think so often you look at different inspirational people when you think, oh, I need to do it that way and, you know, I need to do it this way and actually there's no right way Uh, You know, I remember growing up in sport thinking that I had to be really macho. I had to be intimidating. Um, You know, I look at Adam Peaty. He's a good friend of mine, but I look at the way he kind of comes out for his races. And it's the complete opposite to how I would come out because I had to be happy, bubbly. I had to kind of take the pressure off a little bit, Um, you know, and that's okay because, you know, every person is different. But I think, you know, if someone's coming out journey. It can be extremely lonely. It can be extremely isolating. But, you know, just, I think my advice is always just tell one person, you know, confiding that one person to, you know, open up, be yourself, and just know that when you tell that one person, hopefully if they're supportive, you know, you will, it's like a pressure off your shoulder. It's like a weight off your shoulder. And then it will just be even easier telling the next person and the next person. So, yeah, don't put pressure on yourself.
0: Mm. Have you ever had any kind of positive feedback from like how open you are? Has there been any stories that people have said, you know what, Mike, the, the reason I'm still in the sport or the reason I've come out so comfortably is because of the shining light you've shown?
2: Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, that's why I do what I do, you know, mm-hmm. when I get those messages on Instagram or whatever platform, it just it tells me that what I'm doing is right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I get a lot of hate messages as well. Lots of you know, when I came out I had lots of death threats and I think mm-hmm. that was extremely hard, but you know, the positive comments just outweighed all of the negative, you know. I just really felt really humble that I could just all I'm doing is just being myself, that I'm just talking about it and just yeah, helping others it's, its nothing more rewarding than
0: that. I think everyone could do with a little bit of your positivity, Mike. I know, like <laughs> me and Dan ourselves, we'll, we'll reflect on this afterwards, but mm. we literally we we put loads of stuff out and we get one bad comment, and that will stick with us over everything that's positive. So maybe it's a case of we need to be a little, um, a little Change bit more focus. positive on the feedback, mm-hmm. like changing the feedback that we get from other people, and not focus on the negatives. I think. That's something I'm going to take away from this conversation is like, you don't need to focus on the negativity coming towards you at all.
2: Yeah, there will always be that negativity, mm. but see yeah, it as like a buzz in your ear, you know? Like, block it out with loud, positive music because, you know, that positivity will carry mm. you through. Life is short, you know? We need to just live every day like it's our last and just embrace every opportunity and, you know, don't let people bring you down. I mean, because
1: of your positivity and the way that you are, you've actually won awards for your efforts to raise LGBTQ visibility around the world. I mean, how proud are you to be recognized for the amazing work that you're doing?
2: Oh, honestly I'm overwhelmed like you know everything I do isn't to win awards I think the first award I won was the Attitude Pride Awards to kind of my contribution to sport and you know LGBT people so that's incredible and you know, I think every year I've just been part of more things like you know I know you've mentioned but I'm doing so much at the minute um, but I'm just so glad to be giving back and you know I think this year I'm up for three awards I'm um, you know, Celebrity of the Year at the Rainbow Honours uh, Sports Personality of the LGBT awards um british diverse national diversity awards which you know i'm just honestly someone Mm. pinch me because i can't believe it
0: i'm just doing what i love i i do enjoy that it's it's like swimmer and celebrity crossing as one now as well i think that is really important for the sport because we like we saw the power of adam on strictly suddenly people had a little little bit more awareness of the sport of swimming even more than when he won gold so it's like mixing swimming with Modern day life, I guess. And it's really good to see. And I think it's so important moving forward. That that, to me is how you grow the audience of swimming. It isn't necessarily the swimmer in the pool, if that makes sense. That might be a bit of a controversial way to look at it. But I actually think that's the bigger way to get people into the sport of swimming.
2: Yeah oh no definitely and you know I think when you look at my journey I've not won any olympic gold medals mm. or you know, I've not kind of achieved my ultimate dream but actually you know it's the journey that I've had you know I think I've touched so many people's lives and I think it's so nice now that I'm you know being seen as Michael, away from the water, yeah. that you know, I'm not kind of boxed off as you know, that's my old life, and it's like a totally new life. It's all you know, just together, which I think is amazing. And you know, we want to ultimately, we have a platform, we want to use it, and the yeah. fact that. You know, I can honestly this the nominations or the people I'm up against in this award I'm absolutely overwhelmed. Like Kit Connor from Heartstopper, like you know, Leah Williamson, the Lioness, like it's just absolutely insane. So I think yeah, I'm so proud and just hopefully the next person, you know, under me or who is looking up to me can be that mm-hmm. next celebrity of the year. <laughs>
0: Now the next step, kind of, or the most recent step along your journey outside of the pool, as we can see from the t-shirt you're wearing, is to become part of the AP team kind of officially as an athlete and more importantly, diversity champion. So what does that role entail within the AP structure?
2: Oh, yes. You know, I think I'm so passionate about diversity and inclusion and, you know, I've worked with Adam Peaty and a bachelor before and, you know, we're kind of really good friends. We've been on teams together. And I think they just want a team around them that will continue to inspire them. And, you know, every time I'm with them, they inspire me. Every time I'm with, every time they're with me, I inspire them. And I think yeah. that's kind of how that role came about. We love just giving back to the sport, but also making, incredible opportunities for people so I think you know my role will just you know from the experiences that I've had from the knowledge that I'm currently you know kind of receiving I'm kind of also doing lots of other diversity programs as well Um, I think it's just to feed into this AP diversity champion role you know to show people that swimming should be accessible to everyone to give everybody an opportunity to show that people can be represented to make sure that everyone is just happy no matter what road they're on so yeah i think um i'm excited for the yeah what's to come
1: well you have been part of the AP, ap team previously maybe as like sort of like a freelancer type thing but not officially um what's made you decide that now is the time to be to make it an official decision
2: yeah i think Ooh, that's a good question i think i i honestly i love adam i love ed i feel like you know they really want to make a difference in the sport and you know like i said together we can um i don't think what no one person could just do it on their own it's got to be a collaborative collaborative thing and i think that's what's so exciting you know we want to share it with the world you know we, we really want to change sport for good and I feel, feel like together and all of the AP team can really do that so um yeah we just want to give back we love the sport we don't want it to we don't want to leave it behind when mm. you know obviously I'm retired now we want it to still be part of our future and just mm. make swimming better and better so I felt like it was the perfect time to to join the team to unite as one and just see how we can change the world
0: Yeah. I think that the common misconception is that AP is this massive commercial model bringing in lots of money for Adam and Ed, but it it isn't. It really isn't. I know from speaking to Ed, he does so many hours a week and he doesn't actually pay himself from AP. And like the AP International coming up, that's not a money making thing whatsoever. And As part of this, the the Inclusivity Series, which is coming as well, I'm sure is not to make money either. So what is going on with the Inclusivity Series? I don't think too much has been spoken about it so far.
2: Yeah, no. So we've got our very first event on the 30th of May. And I think, you know, even for us, like we are trying to connect with lots of different diverse groups to see, what their needs are, um, so you know the inclusivity series is you know partnered with Better and the London Aquatic Centre. We basically are going to give people who don't necessarily have that opportunity to swim and have these amazing life-changing experiences, but we're going to give that to them. You know, we're going to almost just help inspire them to want to take swimming to the next level you know I think not everybody who swims wants to go on to being the next mm. olympic champion but mm. that's okay you know you still need to enjoy the journey and hopefully these sorts of experiences and these these days will just give them that give them that drive give them that enjoyment to know that actually swimming is way more than just swimming up and down a pool like you can have so much fun you can be so inspired from it and you know like I said it can change your life I feel like I'm really speaking like <laughs> as if like I'm gonna conquer the world but honestly i <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, we need to try right yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i mean if you carry on, on on this trajectory i think you probably will i mean you're gonna take <laughs> over the world at some point <laughs> um oh, how God. can people get involved in this inclusivity series
2: yeah, I think just sharing the initiative. Um, you know, it's in the very early stages. We have, you know, spoken to you know lots of people who are going to outsource the swimmers who, you know, might be from ethnic diverse communities. You know, might be from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, so, you know, I think the first initial stage is we are outsourcing people for this first day and this first experience but you know ultimately we want to grow it we want to be all over the uk um so i feel like you know if you yeah have a story definitely share it you know if you feel like we could be doing something more for your community like definitely let us know because you know we really want to connect with those communities and just make a difference
1: Mm, absolutely it's definitely the stories isn't it the stories make the difference i feel that's where the inspiration comes in effectively
2: yeah Oh. oh definitely i think you know my, grow- my story growing up, you know, like I said, kind of learning to swim was tough. And it wasn't until I kind of went to a swimming club that there was a couple of faces who looked like me. And it just meant the absolute world. Um, you know, I've represented Great Britain and Team mm-hmm. Jamaica. So I feel very lucky that, you know, I've got a little bit of a different story to most athletes and most people. Because, um, you know, I've represented both of those countries at the highest level. But there's so many stereotypes out there with you know, even being on the Jamaican team people just not believing that I was a swimmer, you know, I must be in the athletics team. I must be able to run and jump and, you know, I really couldn't. So I feel like, yeah, just, you know, AP and I made a video that, you know, could just almost showcase that rather than me talking about it just Mm. it's a video that is, I think it's only one minute long or just over one minute. And it just shows a different light to it. So I think, yeah, what we want to do is just show it in the best possible way and just show that it's for everyone.
0: Mm absolutely now coming up at the end of this month is the ap international i have no doubt that we'll see you poolside how come what why should people be excited for this event what what's so great about the ap international coming up
2: yeah oh the olympics happens every four years you know world championships is all around the world and i think you know especially for me growing up i never really got to Experience those big competitions. You know, my first big competition that I experienced was me actually competing in it. So we almost want to just give younger people, younger generations, parents, people who might not even you know be into swimming, just an opportunity to to witness the best swimmers in the world come together and race. Mm. So obviously, in the iconic London Aquatic Centre, I think that is just you know an iconic kind of venue anyway with London 2012. I think we just want to keep that history coming, but bring it to London, bring it to the UK, make sure that it's accessible to everyone. And yeah, just allow people to... Witness, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but what is going to be at this meet will be so goosebumps all over, such an experience that not not many people have had. And actually, people, young people, young swimmers can enter to actually swim. So I feel like, you know, that's a whole new level as well that they can actually race against some of their heroes.
1: Yeah, I think that's what some people are missing out is that yes, it's an AP international and international swimmers will be coming over, but actually. It's more focused on the age groupers that haven't maybe had that opportunity to race, maybe even long course. So I well, think that that, that's that's the main thing.
0: It's not just age groupers; it's masters as well. I was looking at the it's entry fun, times yeah. and was like, "Oh, where could I get a swim in?" But <laughs> yeah. maybe not. I haven't been near the water in a little while now. <laughs>
2: no, honestly, definitely, it's for everyone. You know, yeah, so yeah, I feel yeah. like that's kind of where my role comes in is to make sure that everyone is knowing that these opportunities are there and they can be part of it. Um, So yeah, it's definitely going to be, yeah, it's not just this year. I'm very excited for the future as well.
0: (laughs) Mm, Absolutely. I think what we'll do is we'll link um, a link in the description, show notes of this podcast to where people can buy tickets because especially the heats tickets, I know they are not too much at all. So everyone should go pop on down. If you're around the London area, it's going to be um, something a little bit different for British women, full stands and fast swimming. Mm. Even, so
1: even outside the London area, I think anyone from all yeah. across the country just go and visit and watch some of the best swimmers race against each other, and just be on poolside because I think it's going to be something spectacular. Without giving anything away, <laughs>
2: yes, like holiday weekend, I feel yeah, like yeah. make a weekend of it, just enjoy it for yeah. sure
0: so Mike we've talked a lot about what has happened previously over your career the journeys that you've been on as an ambassador for the sport and especially being a face for so many campaigns but what's coming up in the future for your your life after swimming because you're doing so much but I'm sure there is so much on the horizon as well
2: oh yeah no I think you know I just want to continue inspiring and giving back you know I really do and Um, You know, like I mentioned, I've got a degree in early childhood studies, so I'm actually kind of in talks to make a children's book, which I'm so excited about. Um, I'm also really excited as well that Dr. Range's new um, book I actually feature in, which is cool. Really, really. I love Dr. Range, He's an amazing person. And I just kind of give a little bit of my my advice of what it's like to be an LGBT boy in society. Um, So, yeah, I feel like whatever I'm part of, it's going to be really authentic, I think soon united is going to keep growing and growing we are so close to the olympics now so i think i just want to just make sure that everyone is is as excited as we Mm. all are for it because soon is our life it's uh you know means so much to us but i just want it to touch as many people's lives as as we possibly can so yeah and um i think kind of long term i'd love to get into more tv i think i've loved all of my tv projects so yeah hopefully i get some more great opportunities to be on camera and just yeah doing what i love
0: Yeah, because you were the the Commonwealth Games. Was it poolside host? Is that what the title was at the Birmingham?
2: Yes, yeah. I think that was my first competition that I kind of wasn't in. So it was great to kind of be working the event, be with the athletes and still very much be a part of it. So, yeah, hopefully I'll keep kind of keep being part of the sport moving forward and having a microphone in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) You you should. have got the bug now. now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Mike, what we usually finish with here is some quick fire questions so that Everyone can get to know you that a little bit better. Some of them are away from the swimming pool some of them are in the swimming pool so okay. what was your favorite event when you were swimming?
2: Two hundred butterfly crazy Lovely. I know but I yeah. just I loved it it just um, yeah
0: <laughs> someone clipped that someone loving the 200 butterfly yeah. quite that passionately <laughs> um who was your swimming idol growing up
2: Oh Michael Phelps hands down. Um but also Rebecca Adlington, Uh, you know, I remember watching her for years and years. She had an amazing high elbow in front crawl that I was always trying to copy and train in. And it's kind of gone full circle now because now I'm best friends with Becky. We I'm godparent to her children and it's just yeah, no one can really predict what life is, you know, gonna be like. Mm. So uh, yeah, that's that's really special to me.
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. What's your proudest moment in swimming so far?
2: Oh, that's a good question. You know, so in 2010, I went to the European Cup for open water. It was my first GB international meet and I got hypothermia. 10k, it was so long, it was so cold, We it went to Rome. And uh, I think after that race, everyone thought that I wouldn't get back in the ocean or the sea and I wouldn't do that again. But I actually got back and I'd done a great swim, done a great swim and I won the elite race um so that again kind of going full circle and just proving people wrong i think actually coming from that experience where i was hospitalized you know had to stay out when everyone else came back to the uk um i think yeah it just really shows you that anything is possible you can do anything you put your mind to didn't really do much overwater after that <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, just just but... broke the barrier <laughs>
2: But yeah, I love the water. I love 200 butterfly. I love kind of being in the pool. But mm. I think actually to take myself out of my comfort zone and do that was, yeah, a real big achievement of mine.
1: Oh, wow. It just shows the character, doesn't it? See, even if you fail at something and you know you even go to hospital, then you can still bounce back and get over those fears and you can still accomplish what you want to achieve. That's, uh, that's a good message already. Yeah. yeah. What was the hardest set you did in training?
2: Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... <laughs> to remember this we done which was in just after lockdown we done 5100s, long course freestyle one on 110 one on 115 and you know i remember my coach saying do you want to do the last 25 meters butterfly (laughs) and i was like no <laughs> that's the worst that you can say to a coach um you know i didn't do them all with the last 25 minutes butterfly but just doing those 50 at that kind of changing times mm. was yeah extremely tough after lockdown <laughs> oh
0: lovely lovely and final question it gets to know you a little bit away from the pool if you go on a road trip there's three spaces in the car you can take friends family celebrities anyone you'd like who would you take with you
2: oh oh that is so hard do i have to know them no no i would take oh i could oh i could fill up the whole (laughs) glass i'm gonna say i would take ellen degeneres i've never met her but i feel like i just need to just be in a room with her Mm. And I would probably take one of my friends, Fleur East, because she has an incredible singing voice. Just, yeah, I need her energy. She's got such good energy. She's so talented. So I feel like, yeah, three of us would be, be great. Oh, you <laughs> take one more. How, you can have one more. One fun. more? Oh, yeah. gosh.
0: Three spaces.
2: Okay. Oh, yes. And I'm not a space. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> wow. No, I want to say my crush. Not really. <laughs> uh, that is so hard. Oh, that is so hard. Okay, I'm going to say my crush, which is Jonathan Bailey. Do you know who that is?
0: Not the John Bailey I know,
1: is it?
2: <laughs> it's not- no, so, you, <laughs> have you seen Bridgerton? Yes. No. So he features in season two, one and two, but he's like the main character in season two. He's so a I, to,
0: I need to rewatch it. I watched Bridgerton with my wife on honeymoon, and that was a, that was <laughs> a while ago now.
2: It's <laughs> incredible. He's actually playing the prince in in the new Wicked with Ariana Grande next year, which is pretty epic. Oh. And I've been very lucky enough to meet him in person, so he's incredible. I take him. <laughs>
0: I think you're the only person who could come on to this podcast by the way and say when we say celebrities do we have to know them and actually yeah. be able to list people that we know you're the only swimmer who could do that I feel <laughs> which is brilliant <laughs>
2: Oh. Uh, mike thank
0: you so much for coming on to this podcast this week it's been so much fun talking to you i know we've had this in the pipeline for a very long time but it's great to get your stories out to the wider swimming community and yeah we will see you poolside at the ap international and best of luck with the inclusivity series
2: thank you so much yes i will see you soon and keep doing what you're doing honestly you're inspiring a whole new generation of swimmers so thank you so much for having me on
1: I was just going to echo what Scott said and just thank you for being so inspirational to Mm. everyone. Swimming, non-swimmers, everyone. So thank you very much for coming on and and joining us and letting us spread your message.
2: Oh, Thank you, boys.
0: So, Dan, great to have a swimmer on who's doing so much, not just for the sport of swimming, but for the wider community as a whole. Like, Mm. the stuff that Mike Gunning is doing is far beyond swimming, but the impact he is having on swimming, especially as being an ambassador, a role model, is quite incredible to
1: hear. Oh, it's super inspirational, completely. Um, Because of course, he is a a black swimmer, which he kept saying, like, especially when he was on the Jamaican team, like, oh, you're not supposed to be a swimmer, you're supposed to be a a runner, a jumper, whatever Mm. like that. And he has now inspired, I think he's inspired lots of young black kids to take up the sports along with the likes of, we said in the the podcast, Alia Atkinson, Simone Manuel as role models to look up to. Um, And he's doing that on the LGBTQ plus side of things as well. Um, He's just so busy. I mean, he's got his (laughs) fingers in so many pies, which I think is good. Um, that he's trying to spread his message and trying to help others. Um, I just think he's got to be careful of his own mental health. I I, I do hope he has times where he just relaxes to himself and uh, concentrates on him because he is a truly inspirational person to, to many people.
0: Well, I think the positivity that he, Mike has with life, and like we've met him several times in person at AP meets and AP Clinics, and it's just incredible. The energy that he brings, the positivity that he brings, like... Some of the messages that we spoke about in the podcast, because I'm a white straight swimmer, aren't relatable to me. But the positivity and not taking negative or not focusing on negative aspects in life really do resonate with me. And that's something personally I'm going to take away from this podcast. And if we get a negative message on Instagram or a comment, you know what, I'm probably not even going to look at that anymore. And it's hopefully not going to ruin my week like it does sometimes. Um, Yeah. But if those messages do resonate with you, with Mike, there are now plenty of opportunities for swimmers of minority within the sport of swimming. Like, We've spoken to Mike about being diversity champion for AP and the inclusivity series. We've spoken previously with the Black Swimming Association and the work they're doing with the Royal Life Saving Society. Swimming is on an upwards trend when it comes to representation. And I think that's so important that we, as a podcast, as a platform, as Propulsion Swimming, that we are, we, we do better ourselves in representation and everyone can take away that swimming isn't just a white sport anymore.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what Michael's was trying to get across, that he is Michael as a person. There should not be these sort of boxes of, oh, you're a black swimmer, you're a white swimmer, mm. you're gay, you are straight. There shouldn't be that. You should be just focused on the person. And I think that's what he's trying to do with the swimming night stuff, a speeder with these pop-up pools. Mm. He wants to try and help anyone and everyone take up the sport of swimming because, like you said, it's a life-saving skill, which everyone should be doing. It doesn't matter what your skin color is or anything. You should be swimming because it is a life-saving school and it's great for you health-wise, fitness-wise, everything-wise. So that
0: just about rounds up this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. If you are interested in attending the AP International, like we said in the podcast, we will put a copy of the link to tickets in the show notes and description. If you haven't subscribed already on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please do so. And me and Dan will be back in seven days' time.
1: Yeah, thanks for watching and listening, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next one.
2: You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one.